What's going on, coaches? Really excited about this week. Our newest episode of RTP Talking Ball uh, is now out. Me and Coach Walls break down some NDSU film. Uh, so for all you power guys, I know we've been talking some LSU lately, but we get back into some NDSU from last year and, and talk through some clips and some playlists and some different things that we've got from NDSU. So uh, we we really, really enjoyed uh, creating that episode, it's up for all of our RTP Premium members. If you guys don't know about RTP Premium, that's on our website, runthepower.com. It's just $10 a month if you get the uh, yearly subscription and you get access to all the videos that we've put out, which we've put out a ton of them. We've got seven different series and we get new episodes uh, monthly in those series. So uh, I think a lot of really good stuff that, that coaches have talked to us about that uh, they really enjoy. So you guys can go check that out. Anything else you need over at runthepower.com. This episode of the RTP podcast is brought to you by our guys over at Just Play. The team at Just Play hooked us up with their product, as you guys know, uh, and it's been a game changer for us. If you've seen us on Twitter or uh, have talked to us about this at all, we obviously especially love the playbook tools that allow us to create our favorite blocking schemes, as you guys know, power, counter, inside zone, pin and pull, uh, and formations so we can save time and be more productive. That's the biggest part. Saves time on defenses, saves time on, on inputting offensive uh, formations, and then easy to draw the play out. Just Play is a limited time offer for RTP listeners only. Get my Just Play Pro for $120, which is an unbelievable $60 off the normal list price. Uh, this offer has been extended uh, and won't last forever. You can get this deal at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. The best playbook tool on the market at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. Don't wait. Go do it today. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to high schools around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program better. Right now, Team Builder is offering a 10-week off-season football training program with a two-a-day speed and agility program. This template even comes with videos from some of the top SEC strength coaches that will show you how to run your weight room. Visit their website and enter the code RTP to get the off-season football training template and start your 14-day completely free trial at teambuilder.com. Again, enter code RTP at teambuilder.com, which is team, B-U-I-L-D-R.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Ryan Howard. Coach Howard is a special teams coordinator and wide receivers coach at the University of Central Arkansas in Conway, Arkansas. Listen as we talk with Coach Howard about all things special teams, including schemes, personnel, and practice plans. You can follow Coach Howard on Twitter at Coach underscore R underscore Howard. Hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, so uh, my name's Ryan Howard. I'm a coach at the University of Central Arkansas, coach receivers and um, do special teams coordinator as well. Uh, originally from Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, my dad, he was a football coach, um, coached in high school, coached in college, and then basically when I was born, was in high school again. Um, and I, he was fortunate enough to be at one high school his whole career. Um, well, while I was born, I mean, he he coached at a, at a school in Birmingham for 25 plus years, um, basically my whole childhood. 
So I was fortunate enough to not have to move around like a lot of coaches, kids and families, um, be able to stay in one place. Um, and then obviously with that, grow up around the game. Um, and just, you know, I grew up playing sports, all sports. And really the older I got, um, probably more into high school, I, you know, I knew coaching was something that I wanted to do. Um, you know, before high school, I probably wasn't thinking coaching was the route, probably thinking something else. Um, but as I got into high school and really just started to learn more and more about the game, I uh, just really enjoyed it. Um, started just studying, watching film of other teams, um, college and professional, and just trying to learn what they do and was really intrigued by it. Um, and just really enjoyed that part. And I played quarterback, so obviously um, being a quarterback, you know, at least at my high school, they put a lot of responsibility on us. So it was kind of a – you kind of got to be a coach early on as a player, uh, which which I enjoyed, um, just giving you responsibilities of making checks and everything. And so that's really kind of when I just started to enjoy just the uh, – the film study, learning, finding out tendencies of other teams, um, being able to change plays according to certain looks, you know. And so that's when I really started to enjoy just the, the film process of it and I guess, you know, the schematical side of it as well um, on that. And so so that was, that was something that I really enjoyed. Um, and then it was really came to um, – College, you know, I knew I wanted to coach, wasn't sure what what level it was. Um, and, and I went and just my, basically my first year of college, I really enjoyed just being around college kids. I mean, obviously it was my teammates, um, but definitely felt like, you know, freshman year was something that, you know, the Lord was putting on my heart to coach um, college just because you're, you're the kids college kids are at such a vulnerable age um, where they're going to make decisions in college that's going to affect them for a long time um, after that and I just felt like I could be a good influence in that and so came here and, and basically freshman year of college is kind of when I you know knew all right when I finish playing I'm gonna try to get into college coaching um, and so played quarterback here uh, from 2010 2014 I uh, was fortunate enough when I finished playing um, to basically that spring, I was looking for a GA job. Uh, in the meantime, I was just volunteering here at UCA, um, helping out, basically volunteered here the whole spring semester at UCA. And then um, in the summertime, right before the season started, we, uh, we had an opening. Um, and so head coach, Coach Campbell at the time, uh, gave me an opportunity to get my first coaching gig. And so uh, first job was just director of football operations, which was in charge of travel, um, things like that. And then um, also assisted with the quarterbacks. Uh, and then from there kind of moved up, then was eventually promoted to tight ends coach a couple months later. Uh, and then when Coach Campbell left, um, our offensive coordinator, who was my offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, he became the head coach and uh, bumped me up to receivers and special teams. And so, so that's kind of how we got here today. 
um, you know, it's been a good journey. Met my wife along the way here at UCA, uh, which that's a blessing for sure uh, in itself. And so, so that's just kind of a little bit about me, my background. And um, I don't know if there's anything else that you guys want to know uh, as far as that goes. No, that's, that's great, Coach. Okay, so, um, you know, I, going back to kind of before we started even, you were talking a little bit about, um, you know, being fresh, you know, specialists staying fresh um, it was basically what we were kind of talking about. And, and so my kind of question is, I think, I don't know that, let me rephrase this. When I was in college, it was almost like all of our kickers had certain, like, like a pitch count on their legs during the season. And so there were some, some week, some days during the week, they wouldn't even kick kickoffs. They went up and, and fake a kickoff. And then, but then, you know, at the high school level, it seems like that guy is kicking all the time. Do you, mm-hmm. Do you guys put your college guys on some type of a kick count? Do you think that uh, a high school kid needs to do that? What's your, what's your, you know, your thought process or the thought behind uh, having that kick count for your, your specialists? Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I played quarterback, and my only special teams involvement as a player was a holder. Uh, being the backup quarterback, quarterback through my time in high school and college. My dad did punt in college, and so I did know a little bit about punting. Um, but I just – I didn't know a whole lot about special teams, much less specialists. Uh, you know, and so I kind of just treated them as quarterbacks at first. Uh, and I guess my first year coaching – you know, I played quarterback, so I felt like, you know, my arm never really got tired during the week, uh, would throw a good bit, and would feel good on game day, you know, and I just kind of assumed it was the same way with um, specialists, and we got in the point my first year where we were struggling um, just with our operation times, executing kicks, punts that we needed to, uh, and so, you know, my main objective then was like, man, we got to be perfect at this stuff. Like, we got to be better on our snaps. We got to be better on our kicks, everything. Like, we got to be better the whole nine yards. And um, and so, I mean, like I said, we struggled early on. So, I mean, I made those dudes – I mean, it was like every day, snappers, you guys are snapping 100 punt snaps, 100 field goal snaps. And kickers, we're kick, – we're, you know, we're going to kick a good bit. Um, mm. and And so – then after that first year, you know, I meet with my specialists again and talking about, you know, what, what we can do better. And they're just like, Coach, you know, we got really tired last year, you know, especially the deep snappers, uh, which I never would have thought deep snappers, your arms would be so fatigued and legs. Oh, I've never heard that. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't either. And I never would have thought that because I'm just like, you're, you're snapping the ball between your legs, man. Um, but they do. I mean, they get sore. Their, their hamstrings get sore just from that explosion backwards. Um, their, their arms get sore from throwing it back, you know, because I was making them snap so much. Um, and they just didn't feel like they were fresh on game day. And so with my deep snappers, um, basically this year, the way I approached it, I was just constant communication with all of them, all the specialists. How you feeling this week? All right, like this is what I want to kick today. Are you good with that? No, coach, we need to scale it back. All right, that's fine. Okay. And so so I communicated more with them this year, year two, um, and they were much fresher come game day. Um, 
and, and felt a lot better and just performed a lot better um, with that. Now, I mean, there were other things that we did too to help with that, um, with a lot of just visualization reps, um, getting the whole mental side of it. I mean, they would practice it during practice um, and meetings before nights, before games, I'd make them do it. And so I think that stuff helped as well. Um, but as far as my kickers go, um, like I said, during practice, like I going into it, it's like, all right, this is how many kicks I want you to do. And, and obviously early in the week, the Tuesday practice and uh, Wednesday practice, you know, we're going to be pretty heavy kicking uh, with them. And then Thursday, it's like, all right, my starting field goal or kickoff guys, like, hey, I just want you to get the kickoff reps during kickoff period today. When we go kick return, we'll get the jugs machine out there. I want the other guy doing it. Um, and, you know, and I just constant communication with them on that. Um, we do a lot of dry work as far as not kicking with their drills, um, as far as that goes. Um, and, and they do a good job of that. And so that was – that's really kind of the biggest thing that I've learned is just constantly talking to them and then also letting them know the expectations of how many punts I want them to get, you know, and if we would get that pitch count during practice and I was like, man, I want to do more. I just say, how are you feeling? You want to do more? And they'd be like, yeah, yeah, I can do more. It's like, all right, let's, let's, let's get a couple more then. Um, so it's just kind of just constant communication with how they're feeling. Um, now what I do that I, I think has helped a lot, especially with our kickers the last two years was, you know, the year before I took over and really the whole time is I do think those guys may have overkicked. I really can't speak for it because I don't know how much they kicked during practice because I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to them. Um, but I know I was, they were forced to stretch 15 minutes every day. So while we're doing our team period, the last period of the day, they're getting fifth, they're stretching that entire time, 15 minutes of stretching. And so they're literally stretching 15 minutes every single day. Um, and so, so I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a combination of several things um, that I've done with those guys, but I definitely have gone and, and, talked with other coaches about what they do and just that they can still get a lot of fundamental work in without having to kick a ball. I mean, a lot of times it's just their steps uh, as far as kickers go that messes them up, whether it's their plant foot, their steps, and punters, same thing, steps, or just their drops are messed up. Um, so, so that's kind of the approach that I take with it. I got you. We had a, we had a, I had a roommate that was a punter and that was funny. You say drops. I, I think he dropped the ball 8,000 times a day. It seemed like he was always carrying around the ball and dropping it in front of him on the, on the, on the carpet and seeing if it would bounce the right way or whatever. I never really asked him a whole lot what he was doing, but he was, like you said, working his drop. They're working the drop at practice. That was a big one. Uh, I know that he was always, always looking to, you know, perfect, I assume. Yeah, no, the drop's huge. I mean, we want – I mean, every every day at practice, I want my guys to at least get 200 drops in, uh, whether it's just walking straight down the line or it's actually going through their, their steps for the punts on that. Because the drop – I mean, the drop is, is so, so important you know, when it comes to, to punting. Coach, when you talk about, you know, recruiting specialists, that's always kind of been something that, for me, I, I honestly wouldn't really know where to begin. I mean, it's easy with – 
you know, say a kicker, a kickoff specialist, yeah, he kicks the ball in the end zone, he kicks it a long way. How do you kind of go about, you know, maybe evaluating some of those guys? I know, you know, the, the guys I've been around, their mental makeup has also been kind of something that's, that's really, really key, being able to put, you know, adversity mistakes behind them and be able to go get the next one. How are you to evaluate some of those specialists that, you know, you're bringing into a program and you're going to have to have them around for four years? Yeah, um, you know, I'll be honest with you. That is still the, the thing that I'm trying to figure out, how to better evaluate, um, because it's tough. I mean, it really is. And, you know, every, every, every kid in America can put a highlight tape together. Um, there's no doubt about that. Um, and, and with specialists, it's the same thing. And so, you know, a couple of things. Year one, like I said, I kind of went at it as, you know, let me get you to camp, see you at camp, see your leg at camp, kick in person. And that was kind of what I took from it. I mean, I watched a little film on them, but, you know, it's just, it's just hard on film because you don't know where the wind's at. A lot of times you can't see the ball um, just because of the quality of film. And so it's tough. So year one, I just basically evaluated off of who I saw kick in person. And I just felt like after year one, that wasn't the best route um, to go. And, and so this past summer and past year, which was fortunate because we had to sign a kicker my first year. And now uh, this past year, we had to sign a deep snapper and a punter. Um, and so this year, I kind of took a different approach. Like, yeah, I want to see you kick in person. But whatever is on film, I'm going to try to see what I can see, you know, and and – a lot of times what I do is I will ask guys to send me every kick that they kick, um, good, bad, and ugly. Uh, because, like I said, kickers, I mean, they're not going to put a, a bad kick on their highlight tape. You're not going to do it. Deep snappers aren't going to put bad snaps on their highlight tape. And so I'll just kind of um, just watch a lot of film on them, um, try to see them. Uh, if I can see them in a game situation, see it. Um, and if I can't see them, then I'm going to make sure somebody that I really trust sees them in person. Um, but I made sure of that this year to where the guys that I was evaluating um, for the scholarships that I would at least lay eyes on them or somebody that I really, really trust would lay eyes on them. Um, and, and that's the biggest thing. Cause the, and, and that's, I mean, it's hard. It really is. I mean, it's hard to evaluate a lot of positions based off film but specialist is really tough, you know, because it's like you yeah. said, it's the, mm -hmm. the mental side of it is so huge in the specialist room. Um, and so I do that. And then also, you know, I don't put a whole lot of stock in the camp numbers. Um, now, I will look at their stats from camps. Uh, and I will talk to some kicking coaches that I trust as well um, that I've worked with in the past. And so it's really just – Coaches that – kicking coaches that I trust um, and then seeing them and just watching film and evaluating off of film. I was going to ask you that because I know, you know, guys like Chris Saylor and, and Jamie Cole, they, they put together a lot of the specialist camps. I was going to ask, you know, how much, you know, stock you put into that. And then obviously they would be a pretty good resource to be able to go to and kind of say, hey, you know, did you ever see this guy? Was he ever in camp? what were some of his numbers? I, I would think that'd be a pretty good resource to at least get you started on some guys. Too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those camp guys, they are, they are important. 
um, for sure. You know, I, they all put out their rankings. Um, and, you know, obviously, I mean, I'll look and I'll take the top 20 basically in each category, uh, assuming that at least all 20 of those guys are guys that possibly could play for us. And then obviously I'll, I'll evaluate them myself. Um, but that's, they kind of, they're kind of the guys that I go to get my starting list from. Um, and then from there, exactly go and see what their camp numbers are, what they're putting up, um, things like that. Cause those, those, um, kicking camps, I mean, they put it into assess the wind and, and things like that. Uh, you know, the only bad thing about camps though, and, and it's tough to evaluate with, with kickers is just their operation times. Um, because at their camps, you know, punters are going to, they're not going to do a fast op time because they're trying to hit a big ball. Um, so they're going to make sure their their pace is at the pace they need it to be to hit the biggest ball that they can. Um, and, you know, that's not the case on Saturdays. Uh, you got to get the ball off um, or it's going to get blocked. And and same thing with kickers. And so, so that part on film is a little tougher to get because a lot of times not many kickers and punters are having good deep snappers in high school. I mean, it's not balls. It's just whipping back there. Um, but so that's why when I do evaluate film for punters, I will do the catch to kick time um, and not really worry about the snap time unless it's a good snapper. So, so those camps, I mean, they are um, big for me as far as just, like I said, getting the names and then if my evaluation works out, all right, I'll go to them next and check their numbers, talk to those guys, kind of get their thoughts on the kid as well. Coach, kickers are, are kind of like, you know, to me, like like quarterbacks as far as, and, and maybe even worse in the fact that like every other position, it's, it's like you go to college or you go to your high school, whatever, and, and you've got your position coach kind of coaches you a lot of times through the technique of everything. And then quarterbacks, you know, a good majority of quarterbacks have a quarterback coach that's not a part of the staff. And then it seemed like, at least when I was in college, every kicker on in our program had their own kicking coach that was not the special teams coordinator. Do you guys ever – have you ever got a kid in that doesn't have his own kicking coach, that, that hasn't gone to any camps, that just says, hey, I boot the ball a bunch in high school and I want to come play college? Or is it almost just everybody has their own specialized coach? I mean, as far as, like, specialized coach goes, I mean, we have guys um, that have worked with guys. Now, how consistently? Um, I know uh, I have one kicker that he would consistently work with his guy. Um, now, was he going there three times a week? No. Uh, but he was at least seeing them every other week, if not every week, when he was in high school. Um, our our punter that current well I was and then our other kicker I'm trying to think you know I know he worked with a guy that kicked here um, that just lived near him um, not he the guy that he worked with is not really a kicking guru camp I mean trainer and that's not what he does for a living he's just a guy that kicked in college and helped out um, but I mean that guy which I wasn't in the recruiting process when we when we um, signed that our kicker now, but 
he didn't go to you know a specialized kicking instructor it was more just a guy he knew helped him out throughout high school and um you know he was perfect on all of his field goals in high school and so uh offered him an opportunity to walk on and he earned the spot um that's awesome yeah and then our our punter our current punter i know our punter that just graduated um I mean, he was a junior college guy, so obviously through JUCO, he didn't really have a coach. And then in high school, you know, it's the same thing. He kind of went to a guy every now and then. Um, but it, he wasn't just, like, religiously going um, to him. And then um, same with our deep snappers. Our deep snappers, they really didn't. Because deep snapper coaches are coming popular as well. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys know that or not. but Yeah, I was in college. I was a high school deep snapper. Yeah. Um, and I went to college and just as like, a, you know, just to make sure we had enough deep snappers, they had me snap a little bit too. And there was these kids coming in deep snapping and they had like a deep snapper routine and they had, they'd bring in these deep snap coaches, which, you know, I think probably snapped in the NFL at one point um, and had a whole big, you know, to do about snapping. And it blew my mind because I'd never heard of anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But our deep snappers, I mean, they, they'd go to a camp, and that was about it. Um, they wouldn't religiously go to a, a snapping coach. I love it. it, it but it's, it's always just kind of funny to me, you know, that, that them and, the, and then quarterbacks as well, you know, kind of have that sometimes that private coach or, you know, uh, but you, you very rarely see offensive linemen going to that private coach or linebackers going to a private coach, you know. So I'm sure it's just because it's so specialized. Um, of of a uh, of a trait uh, so so coach going to punt and and you guys on your punt team what kind of of punt have you guys been recently is it uh, I mean I would just you know what kind is it is it pro style but you're um, have the shield I, I've got nightmares of of I'm so glad I didn't have to be on the shield uh, when I was an <laughs> offensive lineman but are you guys shield or are you more pro style are you rugby what 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 have you guys you know, what were you last year anyways? Yeah, so um, my first year taking over, we were a three-man punt shield. You had your big linemen in your, in your three-man shield. Um, we were pretty condensed sets, um, just your typical three-by-three three on each side. Uh, and then this past year, um, I was interested in two-man shield during the offseason, so I did some studies, met with some guys, went and visited some people. Um, and and switched to a two-man shield, um, got more athletic, took the lineman off of it, got more athletic on it. Um, and we'll do directional punt, and then we'll also rugby as well off of it, um, and then we'll do some other change-ups too. Um, but just your – typical now we're a little bit more spread out, um, give you a little bit more um, formations to think about and and work and so um two-man punch shield now and i love it i mean like i said we went to the switch and it was very similar schematically to what we were doing with the three-man shield and that was one of the reasons i was drawn to it because i didn't feel like it would be a whole lot of change for our guys um but it was uh it was good really really enjoyed doing that just getting more athletic on the field um and just giving more variations to what we do well, you know, obviously in the special in special teams, just in general, um, you would like for it to be as as many athletes as you can out on the field. It makes you 
really dangerous as a special teams, you know, coach or coordinator. So with you also being the wide receivers coach, is that something that, that, that gives you an extra push with your guys to then get them to do what need to do in special teams? Is that something that is talked about a lot in the wide receiver room? Cause you know, uh, maybe other than the defensive backs, you guys are by far the most athletic group of, of any group normally uh, on a team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my guys know. I mean, I tell them that from the beginning. You know, I say, guys, look, I'm special teams coordinator too, so you guys better believe you're going to be practicing during special teams period. Um, and whether it's on the team or I'll make them do scout team. Um, but they know that when it comes to special teams period that they're going to be on the depth chart whether it's first string, second string, third string. Um, and, you know, and I make that known to those guys and, um, and they know that, you know, as a receivers coach, I'm not the type of coach where I'm going to throw out nine receivers in a game. I mean, you know, it's like I tell them, like, hey, guys, look, maybe six of you will play. And you, the rest of you, if you want to travel, you better find your way on special teams. Um, so – I do. I mean, I, I'm always clear and open with them about it. And then the expectations of them, it's like, guys, look, it's, it's not a, you have a choice. Like you're going to be on it. Uh, there's no, whether it's <laughs> on it or you're going to do scout team for me, one of the two, but you're not going to go stand on the sideline where I don't know what you're doing. Um, so they know, and it's been good. I mean, a lot of them, they've bought into it. I mean, we had a bunch of receivers on special teams, um, this past year in different capacities, it did a great job for us. Um, and, you know, the, the few practices we had this spring, uh, some more guys that were younger, I mean, they're coming up to me and, Coach, I, I'm going to be a starter on it this year. I'm like, good, I want you to be, man. It's awesome. Um, so it's, it's good. Um, you know, I think we got a good group, though, where our team, I mean, we, most guys in our team, they want to play. Uh, they want to get on the field um, some way or another. Uh, and they understand the importance of the special teams play and how it is a chance. And, you know, I just know for me, um, as far as my receivers go, the young guys, uh, or guys that aren't playing quite as much. I mean, I want to see what they're going to do on special teams before I fully trust them to go out on the field on offense. Uh, I mean, I am a, that's just kind of my personal philosophy uh, and thought process is, you know, because you can see a lot on special teams um, with that. And so that that's kind of been my approach with those guys as well. Like, first, I want to see you do something on special teams before you earn the right to play uh, at receiver. And I think that's a good philosophy to take as a team as a whole um, because, one, you know, you can emphasize the special teams play a lot more, and now you you got a chance to – get some good players on special teams that originally may not really felt like they wanted to play special teams, um, but that you really need. Um, if, if those, especially the young guys that, you know, freshmen coming in, don't play a whole lot of special teams in high school. So they don't really know much about it coming to college. And so they kind of come in with well, what special teams. Um, so, so that's just kind of how I go about with those guys, but they are, when you, when you get some good receivers, that buy into special teams, it definitely improves for sure. Yeah, I think they're, the receiver skill set fits so well for so many things that you guys need to do on special teams. You know, I, I've always you know, loved to put receivers on, on your punt team because, you know, they know how to block in space. 
you know, but from blocking on the perimeter and then they also understand releases. So being able to get off a press and then running down and, and hopefully, you know, you take your, your physical guys and, and have them hitting people. And then I also see the carryover when, you know, they, they do play special teams and they hit and they tackle. It seems like they're much more physical as a receiver as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you just talk about fun in general. Um, you know, so I got to tell punt is the, is the one true football snap. It's the only snap in football that is a true football snap because you're doing all three phases on one play. It's the only time you'll ever do it. You're going to snap it for special teams. You're going you to block for an offensive snap, and then you got to tackle for a defensive snap. Um, and when you can get offensive players, like you said, that, that can use that skill set, um, to what they just naturally do, it, it definitely helps. Because, I mean, we all know special teams. I mean, in practice, you're obviously not going to practice special teams as much as you practice offense, defense. So the more guys that you can put in situations that are familiar with what they do on every other snap, you know, the easier transition it will be for a lot of guys. So, Coach, you know, kind of moving towards the receivers um, as receivers, uh, is there anything with you being a quarterback that that you can kind of that, that you feel like that you've got an extra kind of you know bonus things that you can tell the receivers on what the quarterback's looking for um, on on I don't know just uh, and and again it's from an offensive lineman so this may be completely way off you know topic or basis but it seems like being a quarterback you could see things that maybe if I played just receiver I wouldn't see or wouldn't notice are there are there things like that that you can instill with your guys since you've played the position of quarterback and now you're coaching the guys that you would be throwing to yeah I mean I think so I think there's some things um, that can help you out as far as helping those guys understand why a quarterback might be throwing the ball here or just the importances of what we're trying to accomplish within the concept. Um, a lot of times, you know, being a receiver, which I didn't play the position, but more times than not, you know, you have a concept and there's typically four or five guys going out on the concept, um, depending on how many you got in pass protection. But there's usually a concept behind a play. I mean, I don't know. I've never seen somebody draw up a play or seen a play where it's like, all right, what is this guy trying to accomplish here? You know, everybody that's running a route is trying to accomplish something, whether it's trying to occupy space so we can get to another guy in that space or putting a stretch on a guy, whatever it might be. and I think as a receiver, you don't really understand why the why behind a lot of that. Why why do I have to run this route here? Why can't I do this? I'd be open, um, you know. And so just taking them from that mindset to okay, this is why I'm actually having to run to this area or run this route, um, so the quarterback can read this area because we're trying to attack the defense in this spot right here. And so I think, I think that part of it um, just helps those guys just understand the why. I mean, cause I mean, guys nowadays, I mean, we, a lot of people want to know the why behind what they do. Um, and so just to being able to tell them that, and then, 
you know, well, why did the quarterback throw it here? Well, because this is what he was seeing or this was his thought process behind it. Or, hey, guys, look at this look right here that the defense is giving us. You know, as a quarterback, he's probably thinking this right now, so we got to make sure that we're on the same page as him. Um, so I think the kind of that's really the biggest area that I feel like uh, can help those those guys out. Coach, I'm, I've always wondered, you know, when I was at Tulsa, you know, the, the QBs and the receivers didn't meet, you know, and, and, and when I was at Augustana, you know, another college in South Dakota, we actually would have times where we actually would meet, but most of the time you were still separate. Uh, I'm curious to see, because I know then when I've gone to high school, I've always met QBs with receivers just because I felt like, you know, just the, the stuff you were just talking about, you know, understanding the total concept. Where do I want you to break this? Where should I put the football? I just felt like it was good for those, you know, the QB and then his, you know, starting set of receivers, his tight ends, whoever, you know, for them to at least have those conversations, not meeting, you know, together all the time, but I would say, you know, most of the time then you could be split. How do you guys kind of do that? And, and if you guys are separate, you know, why do you think maybe, you know, that they do stay separate? Yeah, we, uh, we do meet separate. Um, I think, I think you can meet separate, but you got to make sure that the quarterback coach and the receiver coach are speaking the same language on the same term. Um, they know the ins and outs, you know, and it's more so, and that's why as coaches, when we watch film, being the receivers coach, I'll always ask our, our quarterbacks coach, offense coordinator, hey, what's he looking at here? Just making sure that what I think he's looking at, he's actually looking at or – you know, hey, why didn't he work this side right here? Just so I know. Um, just again, like I said, making sure you're on the same page, uh, meeting separate. Um, you know, because two, a lot of times, I mean, receivers, we got to put in stuff, but those quarterbacks, I mean, not only do they have to put in the same pass concept or whatever it might be, but they got to look at a lot of different more more things than what we have to look at as receivers. I mean, because they have to look about you know, protection, where's the protection coming from? All right, when do I need to change the mic? When do I need to help myself out on protection? Whereas, you know, receivers, we're not worried about who the O-line and the running back's picking up. Um, we're not worried about that. And so, so they have to spend a little bit more time on that stuff uh, than we do. And then as far as just watching film, you know, again, like I said, it just goes back to watching different things. Obviously, coaching a quarterback – you know, you got to show them cut-ups of the Sam and the Mike blitzing or the Will and the, and, and the safety blitzing or the corner coming and the safety working over the top so you can see it coming. You know, whereas receivers, I don't need to spend a whole lot of time with them showing that, hey, this is when the mic's coming um, as far as that goes. And so you're able to more specialize into – what your specific position needs to see. Um, now, what we will do the night before games is we'll meet and watch film as a staff, I mean, as an offense. And um, during that time, questions are asked, offensive coordinators kind of running the show, who's the quarterback coach. And he, he'll put up clips that he feels like the whole offense needs to see and, you know, certain routes, certain looks that he wants to see, you know, he'll show them and and pointed out to receivers and quarterbacks, like, hey, if we get this, this is what we're thinking. Uh, 
and that it's more of an interactive deal there. If receivers got questions, they can ask questions during that time as well. And so that's kind of how we go about um, meeting wise. Yeah, I always wondered. I mean, just just thinking, you know, that it would always make sense for us to maybe you know meet a little bit, you know, as as a as a larger group. I don't know if you guys do that. Do you guys meet kind of? you know, like say as a team and then maybe as an offense to kind of go over the stuff like you were saying, get everybody kind of on the same page and then break off from there. Again, I'm always interested to hear how, how to meet because I think you know, that's kind of been one of the things I'm, I'm trying to get better at uh, as a coach, you know, this offseason, you know, what is your guys' kind of meeting schedule and, and how efficient do you guys try to be, how to, you know, how often do you meet? How long do you meet? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and that's such a huge time because – you know, meetings meetings are important, um, very important, uh, especially, you know, they're only as, as important as the guys get things out of it. Um, and so what we do is typically game week is we'll do special teams meeting at two with our guys, and then we'll jump right into position meetings. And then from position meetings, we'll go out to practice. Um, we don't do a whole lot of team meetings during the week. Um, I, I do know a lot of programs, um, coaches, they will do a team meeting about every day, uh, whether it's just a five-minute team meeting. You know, a lot of times it's just the head coach kind of addressing, like, hey, guys, this is practice today. This is the expectations that I want to see, um, and let's get going. And sometimes that's the extent of that meeting. And then they'll jump right into special teams. And then from special teams or the team meeting, I do know teams will – meet offense defensively um i know our defense they do meet together during the week a couple times a week um but offensively we don't meet as an offense uh up until the night before game so we'll jump straight in from special teams to position meetings as an offense um as far as that goes um so that's kind of how our meeting situation goes now like i said I've sat in on meetings and I've talked with other guys and from the people I've talked to, the common theme that they go about meetings is an uh, offense-defensive meeting, basically going over the install um, real quick as a whole and then jumping into position meetings, getting more in-depth into your position for the installs um, as far as that goes. Now, you know, as far as in-game, Meetings go with teams, I, I I would imagine, I think it's still about the same way, going over the new plays you're going to put in for that week and stuff. And so um, so that's kind of the two ways that the way we do it and then the way that I've also um, spoken with other people on how they go about their meetings during the week. Coach, I'm, I'm kind of curious, uh, you know, mentioned a little bit game day. Um, on game day, do you have – certain cards drawn up for your special teams if so what are some situations that maybe you've drawn up I've seen it happen at, at certain colleges I know some don't I know some um, high schools probably do even but do you have any of those cards drawn up what what situations do you have drawn up for your guys and and I'm assuming it's you know things you don't use often or maybe you've got everything just in case you've got to put um, you know the third string kid kid in the game yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, that was the greatest advice because I was first time special teams coordinator. I, I mean, I was asking and luckily our DC at the time had been a special teams coordinator for a while. 
Um, so I spent a lot of times with him getting ideas from him. And I'm so thankful that he told me to draw up diagrams on um, game day. Uh, I mean, he's like, draw everything up, draw up your pump block, draw your kick return, um, you know, draw, draw everything up that way you have it. And he's like, and a lot of times you just show the guys just to remind them one more time before they go out there. Um, and so, so I took his advice. And so what I do on game day is I have our kick returns. Um, and what I do with those, because he gave me this advice as well, He's like, you know, because on kick return, you're always trying to figure out who's making the tackle. Um, and you're just like, oh, man, whose man was he? He said, you know, so what I do on kick return is I'll number off the kickoff team from whatever side I want. And so that way I know who's supposed to block who. So that way when we do get tackled, I can look on that number who made the tackle and then look to see who was supposed to block them and go find out what happened. Um, and so that was big. And so I do our kick returns. Like I said, I'll do our punt blocks. I'll put our punt blocks on cards. Um, and then obviously I'll, um, have the calls that I'll make, but I don't ever look at that during the game. Honestly. Um, it's just kind of reminders for me. And then what I'll also do on kick return is I'll have our alignment after a, a safety and then our alignment after a penalty. And, and funny story is I'm telling you, I'm so thankful that our DC told me that because our very first – my first game was at Tulsa two years ago. And first special teams snap, basically, of kick return. And we uh, – I forget what happened. But anyways, because it wasn't a safety – Anyways, uh, it was like a penalty on a touchdown. And so it was 15 yards back. And my guys are like, Coach, where do I line up at? And I'm telling you, if I didn't have that card, I would not have been able to tell them <laughs> what yard line to stand on. But I, at that moment, I was like, I was so thankful that that happened, that I had that card written on it, the yard lines. Because I'm telling you, they would have asked me. I would have, to, I would have botched it up and and told them the wrong yard line if I would have even told them a yard line. Um, and so, so that's what I do on game day. And I'm telling you, first game as a special teams coordinator, where I'm already don't have a clue what's going on. <laughs> that that was huge. And so, um, so yeah, so that's what I draw. I mean, I draw everything. I put it all on one card. Um, forward and I mean you will be surprised like coach hey we're doing this return all right I'm good coach let me see that one more time it's like yeah you know just to give those guys one more visual yeah it's, it seems like such an easy kind of you know cheat but the you know there's only you know you don't hear very often that happen with coaches and I just think it's such an easy cheat to be able to have there you know not cheat in a bad way but in a great way you know, it's such a, an easy thing that you can have there and, and have prepared. I, I kind of tried to talk our, our, um, uh, our offense into having one for our, you know, our big, hey, we got to win the game at the end of the game. Okay, let's make sure we've got that on a card somewhere because we'll yeah. probably call a timeout or that other team's probably got the ball and, we, you know, they're going to have to kick it off. So let's at least be able to look at this and, and kind of have a reminder. And like you said, yardages and, and everything that we want to get to. Yeah, no, it's huge. I'm telling you, that's the best advice I was ever given. Um, and I'm so thankful for it. I really am. And when you speak on that, 
Um, absolutely. I mean, two years ago that same year, um, I have our card and we call a play and some of our guys are just looking at us like deer in the headlights uh, because it, <laughs> it's kind of that last situation play. Um, and so I drew it up on the card for them just to remind them. And then they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, we ended up scoring a touchdown off of it to take it to overtime. Um, so, I mean, that is – I would – like I said, that's the best advice I was ever given um, to do. And I would – I highly recommend that to everybody because it doesn't take long to do and, and you're going to wish you had it if, if something comes up. Coach, how many, you know, onside kicks or special kicks do you kind of carry, or is that something – it depends on, you know, the kicker you have and his talent level? Yeah, so, I mean, we'll game plan um, as far as, you know, each week as far as that goes on, on kickoff. Um, I'll look at the kick return unit and kind of see, all right, where where's some of their flaws? Are there any flaws on the front line guys? Um, are they not disciplined somewhere? Um, kind of look for that. And, I mean, we'll do – we, I mean, there's there's a couple different onsides that we've um, practiced this year, and you know, and it's just obviously you got to see if your kickers can do it um, and and feel comfortable about it. And I mean, I I make them practice it during the week, um, during their practice time, just to see. And um, so that's what I do. I mean, if I don't feel like we got a shot this week, then I'm not going to waste a whole lot of time working on it. Um, but if I feel like, you know, a team, we got a shot to do it, then, then we're going to practice it. Um, and I mean, this year we, we were able to perform one and execute one and it was pretty sweet and it was tough. I mean, it wasn't your standard surprise middle dribble the ball right in front of you. It was try to chip it over one of the shield guys, your guy run under and catch it. Um, and I mean, it had to be executed pretty perfect, honestly. Um, and our guys did a great job executing it. So I will, like I said, I'll look for holes in them uh, and, and see if our guys can expose those holes on the kick. And if they can, then, then we'll put it in. And if not, then we just won't do it. We'll just kick it deep and do what we do. Coach, so I'm kind of curious. The big day, at least, you know, again, when I was in college and now even here at high school, really, um, it, for special teams, it seemed to be, polishing up wise was was like a Thursday practice you know obviously the the big um, important parts of special teams I'm sure go in Monday Tuesday Wednesday but then Thursday is like the big and, and it depends I'm sure on the head coach you know do they do situations you're running new guys on to make sure everybody's off what is what do you like to get out of a you know, a Thursday practice, or if that's a Friday practice for you, I'm not sure. But that that Thursday practice where you've got the whole team and we're taking stuff off everybody, but um, you know, we're wanting to go through all the different situations you can go through. What are what are you looking for? What are you trying to get out of that day? Yeah, you know, that's Thursday for us. Um, Friday we'll do the substitution stuff um, for special teams, but Thursday is is um, like you're talking about, and I mean. For me and my guys, uh, you know, I, I make sure I tell them in meetings, like, hey, guys, look, this isn't a walkthrough. Today is, is full go. I mean, because you're talking about you're going whatever units you do on Tuesday, which we do our cover units on Tuesday. I mean, you're talking about, all right, well, they got from Tuesday to Thursday where they can, especially the kickoff cover, like, do you remember what their kick return is? Are you remembering what key it is? And so, I mean, we go full go. Um, 
Now, what I do on those is depending on what I feel for the week, um, whether we put a we do drill work for certain units or we just line up and, and kick or cover kicks. Um, just kind of depends on on what we have going in that week and then what I feel like we need as a whole. Um, but during the week, I do try on the Tuesday, Wednesdays is do drills and maybe a couple kicks. And then Thursday, I like to do get all the kicks. in. So Thursday is not a whole lot of drill work. It's more of live kicks for scout teams, whereas Tuesday and Wednesday, I'll do mostly drills and then do a couple kicks, if that makes sense. Yes. No, it does. I completely does, Coach. Um, so, you know, kind of rolling up now uh, here on an hour, uh, but, but before we let you go, um, the one thing I want to make sure and ask is that I ask everybody before we let them leave is when you're watching, you know, another team's offensive line, what's some things they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? Uh, you know, that's a, that's a good question. I guess I've never, never thought a whole lot about that. Um, my dad, he was offensive line coach. So, you know, first and foremost with, with offensive line, I would say that I look for when I'm watching a game, um, you know, just how hard are they playing? Um, I mean, and it's not cheap shots, things like that, but it's it's guys blocking to the whistle, um, really just playing hard is, is really the big thing. Um, they're not quitting um, if they're getting beat. They're just they're just playing hard, you know, and, and it's, it's pretty easy to see if offensive line is really playing hard or not. I mean, that – it's not, and it's it's easy to see if anybody's playing hard or not, but especially up front. Uh, I mean, because offensive linemen they'll sometimes have the tendency if they not playing hard or missing a block, they'll just kind of pad you up, fit you up for a second, and then just kind of be done with you. Um, and so I would say that's probably really the biggest thing um, because I do think. I mean, it's like I tell my guys all the time: you control two things in your life: your attitude and your effort. Um, and, and that's, that's one area that, you know, as far as playing hard and effort that I feel like as a coach that is, is non, non coachable. Like I'm not going to coach effort. We're not, we're not going to do it. We're just, we're just not going to play you. Um, and so I would, I would say that cause I do think, you know, the effort that what, what you put out on the field as a coach is a, is a product of yourself. Um, and, and so effort would be the, be the biggest thing I would say. Does the, does that work doubly for, for wide receivers? We're going a little off. I never asked this, but so when you're watching, you know, a bunch of, of high school film, what's, what's some things that the, that a receiver would be doing or that a group of receivers that were, would be doing that stands out and you say, Oh, okay. They've got a real wide receiver coach. He's doing a great job with them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, effort's my biggest thing. Uh, I mean, I, I grade my guys hard on effort. I mean, we'll do loafs if guys are supposed to run MORs and take somebody out of the picture and they want to slow down after 10 yards um, as far as that goes. So I'm, I'm big on effort. But, you know, as far as receiver coaches go, I mean, just, just – watching film and, and seeing like okay receivers look on page like they look like they're getting to the right spots they're doing the right thing they're they're doing their assignments correctly um you know because I, I 
to me, it's a little easier to see if uh, a receivers are, are doing their assignments correctly as opposed to offensive linemen. Um, just because it's, it's just easier to tell on my part when you watch film um, as far as that goes. But just, you know, like I said, making sure they're running to the right spots and um, just how well they're catching the football too, I would say. Coach Vance, been a blast. Appreciate you coming on. I, I got a ton of stuff up on my whiteboard here, so I was writing like crazy. I, I, I think you brought some, some great ideas that, that can definitely help us out, special teams. I know that's an area that I'm always trying to get better, you know, also being a, a receiver coach here, here in Iowa. I get to do some some special team stuff. So I, I appreciate you sharing some of this and, you know, wish you guys the best. Hopefully you guys get off uh, off the break here and you guys can get rolling. I'm, ex- I'm excited to get rolling too, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully sooner than later. And uh, if you guys ever need anything, I appreciate you guys having me on here. And if you guys ever need anything or want um, – have more questions or anything like that, definitely feel free to, to reach out to me because I'm still new to this receiver and special teams deal, and it's a, it's a tough thing to juggle because it's a lot of people that you're in charge of. So, But it's good. It's been good. It's been fun to learn. Um, so if you guys ever need anything as far as that goes, definitely feel free to, to holler at me. Well, I'll be reaching out, Coach. I, I'm, I'm not really in charge of field goal, but I'm supposed to kind of be over there with field goal. Um, and, and we're kind of all blocked down and we've never had any problems thus far. So there's no real reason to change yet, but, um, you know, I just know from college, it wasn't all blocked down necessarily. And even with the wing and some different things, I think sometimes our wing is in, in weird, you know, situations at times, if everyone blocks down with both hands. Um, right. and so I'll probably be, be reaching out to you at some point whenever whenever we know football's coming back and and pick your brain on on uh you know some field goal hand placement and different things yeah absolutely absolutely feel free to would love to and that's gonna do it for this episode of rtp we want to again thank all of our sponsors you guys make sure and go check them out help grow our community by telling other coaches about run the power and if you enjoy running the power go get your shirt long sleeve or hoodie at runthepower.com also if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app this will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com follow me on twitter at harper underscore coach and coach walls at coach brady walls Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.